Hey, hey, and welcome to another Podcast Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Uh, pretty darn good. Excellent. How about you? Excellent. Going well, going well. Feeling festive, I have to say. Very festive A little today. bit. A little bit. Yeah, it's, it's festastic over here. Beginning to look a little bit like Christmas. It truly is. It truly is. It's a, you can feel it in the air. If, if you're listening to this real time, we're, we're in December now. We're, we're ready to go. And uh, if you're not listening to it, you might be listening to this in June and you're like, oh, I don't feel Christmassy yeah. at all. But and, we're going to make you feel Christmassy. And just like everybody else, I'm bummed that we kind of missed a week here or there, but I'm kind of pleased that the, the Christmas episode has lined up more or less with the Christmas season. This would, would have been shitty if it was like April, but when the monkeys shot this episode, it was Thanksgiving, so it wasn't quite Christmas, but, but it, know, st- closer, close enough-ish. Exactly. For TV to shoot this when they shot it to get, get it on when it was, I feel like it's pretty pretty quick turnaround for the Christmas episode. Uh, kind of yes. It was the second half, second season, and it's like they, it's the monkeys. So they were on tour, they were recording. It's, it wasn't a normal show, and they like they did the first half of the episodes, and then they did this back half later in the year. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome. So the episode we are talking about is aptly named the Christmas Show. Nice. Episode 47, directed by John Anderson, written by Neil Burston, originally aired. December 25th, 1967. Like, it aired on Christmas Day. Yes. Um, on the commentary on the Blu-rays, Gary Strovel says um, he was like six years old, I think. And he remembers, he like, because just how it worked, Christmas was on a Monday that year. And he got, if he feels he spent Christmas with the monkeys. And like, holy shit, how cool. Yeah, exactly. Nowadays, they'd never put a new episode on on Christmas of anything. Ah, uh, it's just maybe an NBA game or uh, yeah, exactly. World Juniors, yeah, but, like five <laughs> NBA games. Yeah, on. there's no new shows on Christmas. No, no. But back then, they're just like you're on Mondays. Christmas on Monday. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's fantastic. <clears throat> so let's get right into it. Uh, the boys, uh, they're led into this mansiony looking house. It's probably the same haunted mansion from season one that they went into. Probably just to get that colorful organ. And uh, a butler lets them in, and they all, like, spill into the house monkey style. And the butler is a guy named Bert Mustin. So Mike says that they're the band that Mr. Vandersnoot hired to play. And, uh, again, a band mention. Fantastic. Extremely briefly. And another excellent monkey's last name, Vandersnoot. Yeah. And just the way they, they never blink at it in the show. They never nope. acknowledge it's a weird name. It's like it says Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Like, yeah, Mr. Vandersnoot, uh, we're the band, hard play. And uh, the butler says, there must be some mistake. They're expecting four gentlemen. And then Mike says, would you accept four ladies who shave? (laughs) (laughs) And the guy tells him to wait and calls them ladies. Boys with long hair, girls who shave, the world's gone to pot. No one knows who these, who's who these days. So Peter says with the money he gets, he'll be able to buy Christmas presents. And Mike says he better not buy presents like he did last year. And Peter asks what he means. He brings up the sports coat he bought Davey, and we get a flashback to Davey wearing a huge coat. Well, I thought if it were extra long, it would save money on the pants. Uh, Davey's more of a jacket guy anyway. Definitely, yeah. I don't. I try not to wear pants anyway, man. I'm just getting in the way of the birds. 
And he says, uh, or, Mike says, or the chemistry set that he bought Mickey. And we see Mickey turning into a werewolf and he rips Mr. Schneider's head off. <laughs> that was freaky. That was weird seeing the, the machinery inside Mr. Schneider. Yeah, it was weird. And then uh, Mickey scares Davey in it. I still get spells sometimes that I can't account for. <laughs> and then Mike says, or the intelligence test that Peter bought himself. And we see Peter hooked up to a machine with a screen that says genius and total stupidity. And the arrow bounces between the two of them and then it just explodes. <laughs> Which is good. It, at least it shows Peter isn't total stupidity. It's like he's he's so much of each that the yes. the 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 uh, machine exploded. <laughs> he, he contains he contains multitudes. And uh, Davey asked Mike what he got. Mike says that when he saw what they got, he didn't open his until July. And Mickey asked what it was. He says snow skis. <laughs> so some uppity woman comes in. This is Mrs. Vandersnoot, played by Jean Sorrel, or sorry, Jean Sorrel. And she tells the monkeys that their instructions are there, and she wishes them a marvelous holiday. And Mike stops her and asks what, what time the party's at, and she tells them that there is no party, and they're there to babysit her nephew. Which, th- th- there was a miscommunication there somewhere. Someone lied, so, or a bad uh, message was taken? <laughs> yeah, somewhere along the line. Something, something went way wrong. Because if you roll up thinking you're playing a party and you end up, you're supposed to be babysitting a child f- over Christmas. <laughs> over Christmas, even. Like, come on now. Mickey protests, and they say that they're musicians, not babysitters. And Mr. Van, or sorry, Mrs. Vandersnoot tells them that she'll give them an, each $100 advance for the next 10 days of babysitting. 10 days. The fuck? And uh, the boys quickly change their tune, but Mike says that they don't know anything about babysitting. And those little things take a lot of care. And then a young man, he's probably about 12 or so. This is Butch Patrick. He comes out and says, all that would be necessary if I was indeed a child, which he is not. And Davy says, what is he, the world's youngest midget? Which doesn't make sense, really. Because he, he just looks like a normal child. <laughs> you know, he's not tinier. He's about the same size as Davy is almost. So... <laughs> Pretty much. I don't understand what he means, but I think he's just trying to poke fun at someone else for being shorter than him a little bit, but (laughs) he he was so excited. His dig didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So his aunt says that he never was a child and asked if he'll come with her because they'd have a marvelous time together. He said that he'd probably be bored. And uh, I was wondering, do kids still get bored nowadays with smartphones and stuff or just get bored with scrolling through stuff and i'm not saying that as like kids are always on the phone i'm like actually asking because i know nothing about children (laughs) um my kids seem to have enough to do that they could find something to do nowadays a lot more than we used to that's for sure yeah like they're never like sitting in grandma ruth's living room waiting (laughs) to go home with nothing like you didn't bring a book or anything so you're just sitting there it's like now they've always got something to love movies to watch Things to check out. It's always there. Like, I feel like boredom has been eradicated in a big way. <laughs> That's not a, neither here nor there. So the kid walks up to Mike and he says that he's coming with them and to take his hand because it gives his aunt a feeling of security. So the kid leads the boys out of the room and then they're all holding hands and Mickey slams into the wall at the end of the line. <laughs> and as they're leaving, uh, his aunt looks after him and she says wistfully, Do take care of yourself, dear. Which leads us to the intro. 
Not bad. Oh, I looked. This was only like two minutes or something. Yeah, like a, a normal amount of intro. Yeah, it was. A, they didn't have to do too much this time. So we come back to a Christmas themed theme. And it's great to have this vibe back again, doing that. And uh, the kid's at the pad with the boys, and he tells them to just live their lives like he's not even there. And they decide to start playing music, which is the first time this season, I believe, we, we see them make a conscious choice to play music in an episode. Yeah. Like at the pad or whatever, just, just jamming. Yeah. And side note again, uh, the kid's staying at their house for 10 days? <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, we lied to you about playing the party. You're actually babysitting my nephew. He's 12 for 10 days at your house. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I think it's also important to note here. I, this is our first glimpse of Mike with the uh, Gretsch Custom Monkeys guitar. Yes. With the Monkeys logo on the pick guard and up on the, uh, the truss rod cover. I'm looking at a picture of it right now on the poster that comes with the Listen to the Band 4 CD box set released in the early 90s, which I think is a collection of Andrew Sandoval's stuff. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, he, it's, uh, he's all, we should try to get him on the show one day. Maybe. That'd be very cool. I could ask him if that is indeed his stuff. But you remember this poster, and like you try to get a scale on it, and like there's a lunchbox on it that's like the size of an eraser. And this is just so much monkey stuff surrounding it, and it's mind-boggling. Man, can you imagine having all that stuff? Or like uh, Mickey's right-hand woman there, like her her room of monkey uh, stuff. Jody? Yeah. Yes, Jody has an incredible monkey's room. Holy moly, it's fantastic. But anyway, again, neither here nor there. It's not about it's, Christmas. It's, the, it's, it's here and there. I guess it is. It's a little here and there. <laughs> So just as they're about to give this kid a one-person monkey show, he says, Isn't it the height of conformity for the both of you to play the same instrument? To Peter and Mike, and they explain that Mike has a guitar and Peter has a bass. And the stupid kid doesn't understand the difference at all. Jesus. So the boys don't think this is working out very well, and they decide to play a game because he's a kid and kids like games. And uh, Mike tells Melvin, that's the kid's name, his name is Melvin, that they're going to play Simple Simon Says. And he says, Simple Simon Says do this. And he jumps in the air and makes a face and clutches his chest. And the other monkeys do it and knock over all their instruments. <laughs> but uh, stick in the mud Melvin, he doesn't do anything. And Mike calls him out on it. So Melvin says he wants to be Simon. And the boys are stoked because now they think they brought him out of a shell. And he says, What is 180 times 3 divided by 2 minus 7? And uh, Mickey's on a chalkboard scribbling. And in the top corner, it says Beatles. <laughs> uh, Davey has an abacus. And uh, Mike says that nobody can work that out in their head. And Melvin says, oh, yeah. And then he turns into a robot briefly in like a jump cut and then back to a boy. And he spits out the answer. 263. Wow. I didn't I didn't check this out. So maybe it is not 283. But I bet. They I'm not sure. Way. My abacus is in the shop. Yeah. I don't know where. I couldn't do it. Well, Neil Burstyn, he's a stickler for correct math problems and scripts. So I believe that it would be Fair correct. <laughs> so Mickey says that kids love him and that he'll he'll take care of the kid. And he tries some yo-yo tricks and he sucks at it. And then the yo-yo <laughs> ends up in his mouth. And <laughs> Mickey steps up and sucks. <laughs> Again. Uh, 
Davey gets all pissed off and he says he's going to take a crack at him. You know, he's almost as big as I am. <laughs> Davey asks Melvin if it's exciting being away from home and hanging out with the guys. And he said it would be more exciting if everyone, everyone wasn't acting like such kids. And that really hurts Davey, who acts Jeez. like he got punched in the stomach. <laughs> and uh, he complains to Mike that the kid put him down. And Mike is solemn and he says that he put them all down. And then and all the boys are bummed. And Mickey mm. says that he's just a kid and they should just use child psychology. And Davey says, right. Right. Should I go and beat him up? Right. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait. But not do that. No way. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'd, pay to, <laughs> I'd pay to watch that. And uh, Mickey says no and decides that Melvin is a rich kid and they'll take him Christmas shopping because <laughs> that's what rich kids like to do. Jeez. I guess solid, solid thought, I guess. I suppose. So they're at a department store and Mickey's super stoked. He asks Melvin if he likes all the de- decorations. And Melvin says, I've always felt that if one stripped away all the tinsel of Christmas, underneath you'd find nothing but more tinsel. This kid sucks. Like, <laughs> what a bummer kid this guy is. For real. And at this here quote unquote department store, like, I think uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the green room with the stage on one end. Is, which is kind of like the fifth monkey as far as the show goes. It's been in almost as many episodes as they have. Yeah, I'd like to hang out with the green room and monkey mobile one day. <laughs> so Peter gets on a moped and some sales dude tells him it's so easy even a kid can use it. And he walks Peter through the steps and suddenly Peter's zooming around the department store freaking out. <laughs> Davy picks up a stuffed monkey and a woman asks if it's for him and he says don't be silly I use a security blanket <laughs> and then Peter zooms through and grabs the monkey from Davy and the woman asks how did he get there and Davy says through the security gates right onto the set here so like a little wink <laughs> at the fourth wall there yeah yeah uh, the sales dude asks them where Peter went and they all say he went that way and Mickey shows Melvin some sort of awful Lego-esque statue thing and then Peter, of course, smashes right through it. Yeah. And Mike's looking at some material and stretches it out. And guess what? Peter zooms right through it and pulls it all with him. And suddenly everyone is spectators at a horse race of sorts. And uh, Mike announces as Peter zooms around in circles and smashes into the Christmas tree and ends up injured and on a stretcher. Oh, oh. So the sales dude tallies up all the expenses for the stuff the monkeys destroyed. And it comes out to 320 bucks, which leaves each guy with 20 bucks. In this little scene, did you notice that, okay, there's Davey and there's the, the woman who works at the store. And Davey keeps like bumping into her and pushing her aside. She keeps looking at him and smiling. He keeps bumping into her and smiling. And they keep just scooching over. I don't know if Davey's like purposely moving her into a better position for the shot or just being like a, being a little little cheeky. It took me, I'm like, is this really happening? I had to watch it a couple times and it was like, it was, it's very cute. It's very silly. And it's a uh, yeah, second season monkey. So what can you do? I think it's probably Davey flirting with this girl just straight up. He doesn't care anymore. Like he's having Have you actually fun. Seen that part? I did not notice it. I'll be honest. Okay. Cause yeah, obviously the focus isn't on that, but it's just something that happens and it's it, Davey going to Dave. That's a good, yeah. Davey going to Dave. But uh, no, that's cool. That's a good thing to check out for next time I watch it again. It's Christmas season, so I'll definitely check it out one more time at least. Absolutely. So Melvin looks on disapprovingly as they pick up the stretcher Peter's on, and the sales dude stops him and says that's $20 for the stretcher. It's a carrying charge, right? Carrying charge. So back at the pad, Peter's being looked at by a doctor. He says that Peter will be just fine, and then he charges 20 bucks. 
<laughs> Davy <laughs> protests, and the doctor says that because it's Christmas, he'll only charge him nineteen ninety five. And he wishes Melvin a Merry Christmas and gives him a sucker, but of course Melvin won't take it. And he walks up to Mike and he asks how anyone can seriously discuss Christmas. And Mike asks what, what he means by that. And Melvin says, what is it? Give me some facts. And again, this kid, he's, 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 everybody knows someone like this, that you end up getting stuck beside somewhere. And no matter what happens, they're grumpy about it. Like, even if they get exactly what they want, they'll find a reason to complain about it in some way. That's this kid to me. Mm-hmm. So Peter tells him it's on December 25th and it's full of good cheer and goodwill and friendship and fellowship. And Melvin says, I said facts, not that sentimental sop that you believe. You've been lying to yourself. God damn. <laughs> this kid is the worst, like the worst. <laughs> I saw it. Who is, you, okay, okay. Who's, who is worse, uh, this kid or uh, Ronnie? Oh, I was just, it's almost like this kid is prequel Ronnie. <laughs> Like, oh, they had a weird last name too, didn't they? Wait, is this, is this the extended Vandersnoot family? Yeah, maybe it's a Vandersnoot. I wouldn't Wasn't be surprised. Ronnie Vandersnoot. Well, maybe. He might as well have been a goddamn Vandersnoot. Yeah, yeah. Those Vandersnoots. I saw the Grinch roll his eyes at this kid when he talks about Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Mike asks what that means when a kid says, uh, you're lying to yourself. And he says that he's heard of the Christmas spirit, but he's never seen it. And Mike says, of course he has. He's seen it all year long. Like when people are smiling, that's the Christmas spirit. And he, he tells Melvin to try smiling. And the kid can't even smile. Brutal. And he says, bah humbug. And Mike says that he needs some, le- he needs some lessons in Christmas. <laughs> and so the boys take Melvin to a Christmas tree lot. And he just complains about stupid crap while the boys try to make him smile. And then Mike's showing Melvin how to know when a a tree is a Christmas tree. And as he's describing it, a woman tries to take the tree that Mike is talking about and a scuffle ensues. And it ends up with her karate chopping Mike in the neck and taking his tree. (laughs) So uh, Melvin has some snide remark. And and, uh, Mike says that he'll let the pushy woman have the tree because it's better to give than to receive. That's good on Mike there. Yeah. And Mike says that they'll just take us another smaller tree. But Peter tells him that they're all out of small trees. So Mike says, they'll take a big one. And he's told they're, five, they're 10 bucks. And so Mike says, they won't take a big tree, but he's got an idea. <laughs> so the boys are walking through the woods looking for a Christmas tree, Clark Griswold style. Yeah, they are outdoors for sure. Yeah, for real outdoors. This ain't no uh, green room fixing. <laughs> uh, so Mike finds one. He tells Melvin that he's as spry as the day he was born. And he swings an axe and almost breaks himself. And he tells Davy and Peter that they should just go buy a tree. And then Mickey comes running in. He says that he found some holly and some mistletoe. But it turns out to be... Poison ivy. Ah. So they're back at the pad with the doctor again. And it costs them another 20 bucks. And then that's the end of their money. But they decide to show Melvin how to trim the Christmas tree. And I'm assuming that the last $10 went to the tree. So Peter hands Davy the star for the top of the tree. And Davy's on the ladder. And he tells Melvin that he always wanted to put the star on the top of the tree, but was always told he was too short and now he can do whatever he wants. And as he's putting it on the tree, he loses his balance and falls off the ladder and crashes into the tree. So now Davey's got a bandage on his head and the doctor tells him that he'll be fine. Mike tells the doctor that they don't have any money left and Dr. Moneybags tells him that they can pay him after Christmas. Like, what a guy. Hey, all right. So Melvin tells Mike and Peter that they're ridiculous. And that they're killing themselves over something that doesn't exist. 
Peter protests, but Mike says that he's right. If you don't believe in the spirit of Christmas, then it doesn't exist. Good point, Mike, again. So Mike says that if someone keeps shooting down a bubble, you can't keep it up. And Melvin suddenly becomes a little weasel and says, And I'm the one who keeps shooting it down. It's like, yeah, Melvin, you are. Like <laughs> He's all insulted. And that's a really great metaphor that Mike spits out there. You can't keep a bubble up if someone keeps shooting it down. Mm. Mike is full of wisdom this episode. I got to say. For real, man. So he says that he doesn't have to take this. And he says he has a maid and a housekeeper at home. And Mike says, yeah, you can go if you want, but you can also stay too. So Melvin huffs off. And he says he'll send for his bags later. Like, man, I, I'd sell all that stuff in those bags instantly. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, we lost all our money because you're a dink and we're, nope, we're not doing this. And I feel like uh, Melvin is almost like a, like a, a contraceptive device where it's like you hang out with this kid long enough, you're like, I do not want kids. <laughs> if they'll end up like this thing, I don't want them. So he stops at the door and he turns back and Mike's obviously bummed out, but the kid leaves anyway, of course. And Davey says he doesn't get it. They gave him presents, games, a tree, but he's still not having it. And Mike says, well, this is the time of year when it's all about the love. It's all about love for your fellow man. And then something dawns on him and he says, love. Hey, fellas. And then we fade to Melvin coming back home and the butler and maid are heading out for Christmas Eve dinner. And ask if he wants to come, but he says he prefers being alone. Yeah. And he walks into the living room, picks up a silver tray and looks in it and tries to smile. And all the while he's thinking of the boys and how they smiled. And in the background, you can hear an instrumental uh, Rio Shio going on, ah. which is fantastic. So he gets frustrated because he can't smile. And then he starts to cry. And he thinks of all the fun he could be having with the dudes, which leads us to Monkey's Holiday Romp. Which is just a, I don't even know the song. What's the song? Some Christmas song. Yes, yeah, it's done to a Christmas carol, not a monkey song. Yeah. So it's a monkey's riding the bikes in the department store in his fantasy. And he and Davey are wrestling around. The sales dude and the woman from the store are dancing. But then Melvin cuts in and he dances with the lady. Peter's on the moped with Santa. A little girl cuts in on the dance and the woman <laughs> looks all bummed out. It's pretty funny. Uh <laughs> Melvin's sitting on Santa's lap and he gets a candy cane. Davy's on Santa's lap and he tries to steal a teddy bear and Santa throws him off. <laughs> and then, then Peter and Davy are both on Santa's lap and then Mike climbs on too. Davy, Peter, and Melvin, they're all grabbing toys off the shelf and then Mickey and Mike join in. Melvin throws off his coat and tie and glasses and he becomes cool and Davy starts to give him some love beads. And Peter picks him up and puts him on his shoulders and at the pad, the old lady from the tree from the tree lot is there, and they're all dancing around the tree. All the dudes pick him up. He plays with a jack in the box. Melvin's dancing with the girl. Everyone having fun. It's a great Christmas romp, I gotta say. But then we cut to Melvin crying alone by himself at his house, which is a crushing blow after that fantastic romp. Ugh. So up on the roof, Mickey's dressed like Santa, and Davey's dressed like an elf. Seems. Pretty easy typecasting there. It would have been neat if they switched bit, it up. Just a little bit. Uh, so Davey tells Mickey to go down the chimney. And Mickey says that Davey should go down halfway, tell him what it's like, and then he'll go. <laughs> and Davey says that Mickey should go first because he's Father Christmas. So he hops in the chimney, but he instantly gets stuck. And Davey says because he got all those pillows in his suit. 
So he adjusts the pillows and then he like free falls down the chimney <laughs> and grabs Davy and pulls him down too. And you notice uh, Davy's outfit, he's wearing, he's just wearing one of Mike's hats. And he's also uh, wearing one of the uh, Jolly Green Giant outfits. Yep. Yep. That's funny. Maybe he used, maybe he used to be in the uh, JGGs. I don't know, man. Maybe. Maybe he, he tried out on the down low from the monkey. And he's like, what are we going to do with the suit? And then this day came up. He's like, yes. I can totally pawn it off as this and they won't know I tried to bail on them to join the Jolly Green Giants. <laughs> so in the house, they fall into the fireplace and Mickey's all dirty, but Davy's clean. And Davy says it's because he's so little. He went right down the middle and didn't touch the sides. <laughs> so then Mickey blows a, a bunch of sh- a soot in Davy's face. That must not have been fun. No, I... When I watched it, I was like, I wonder what that is. Because it looks like disgusting soot. He just blows in his face. And I think for real, Davey was not expecting it, but he fucking rolls with it. Yeah. He just goes, that's charming. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) So they start to sing Deck the Halls. And Mike and Peter show up with the tree. They lucked out. They get to come through the door. (laughs) Score. And then uh, by the end of the song, Melvin is smiling and laughing. And the boys can't believe it. Melvin apologizes and he says he don't know why he's crying. And Mike says, it's because we brought you a special present. And Aunt Vandersnoot shows up. And it's funny because he only refers to her as aunt. Not like Aunt Molly or any name. He just calls her aunt. Not even auntie. It's <laughs> just aunt. And she wow. says that she never told him how much she misses him because she didn't think he cared. And he says that he thought that too. And uh, he tells his aunt of all the fun he's had with the boys, but he hasn't had any fun with them. He's watched them have fun and he's bitched about it all day. But of course, Peter starts crying at that and they all give him gifts. And then Mike starts crying too. And that, and that's the end of the, the, the story part of the episode. Yeah. Which leads us to, I will say could be the greatest monkeys performance on the show in the, in, in both seasons. I, yeah, that's because in terms of like the performance is right there happening. Yeah, like, in camera and 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 uh, like so we'll just say uh, the boys sing Ryushiu a cappella like in the studio. And it's actually them singing. They're killing it. Their harmonies are fantastic. It's just them in front of one microphone singing. Harmonies are like, so perfect, they're like tear-inducing. Like, they're, they're uh-huh. amazing. And while Mickey's singing his part, Davey and Peter kind of look and, like, give each other, like, a smile. And, like, like they're digging the fact that Mickey is just killing this part. And they're all killing it. Oh, yeah. But it's neat. To, they kind of give each other a look like, fuck, yeah, man. Merry fucking Christmas. We're killing this. <laughs> and uh, the fact we can see the microphone in front of them and we know it's them actually singing live. It makes it so special. And the song is wicked. Ryu Shiyu as a song is just awesome. It's a great folk song from like the 16th century, essentially. It's true. Have you ever uh, actually looked up the English translation of the lyrics? No, I have not. They go a little something like this. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> 
River, roaring river, guard our homes in safety. God has kept the black wolf from our lamb, our lady. God has kept the black wolf from our lamb, our lady. Raging mad to bite her, there the wolf did steal. But our God Almighty defended her with zeal. Pure he wished to keep her, so she could never sin. That first sin of man never touched the virgin sainted. River, roaring river, guard our homes in safety. And then just the last verse is, uh, He who's now begotten is our mighty monarch, Christ our Holy Father, in human flesh embodied. He has brought atonement by being born so humble, though he is immortal, as mortal was created. I think it's a little catchier in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I pretty much got all that from the Spanish, but I'm glad you translated <laughs> for other people. <laughs> oh, sounds pretty good coming out of them. In, uh, Does it ever. Spanish. Does it ever. And I, I can say, for me, when it came out on Missing Links Volume 2, like Ryu yes. Shi was on there, and I'm pretty sure it was this this take of it, but uh, mm. I listened to that incessantly. Like, like Missing Links Volume Two with the Buzzy Valerie, yep. Ryushiu, the backwards middle part words. But like, hang on to your seats. Yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, it's such a great compilation, like the best compilation. But anyway, so th- they do that part, and then after the the performance part, the all the boys they address the camera. And they say that a lot of their crew is from all over the world and a lot of them won't be able to get home for Christmas. And they want to introduce them to us all at home. And uh, they parade out literally everyone that works on the show. And it is so fucking joyous. It's so awesome. It, it really feels like the Christmas spirit is leaking through the TV and you can't help but like smile and feel so good seeing all these people, all of which are having a great time getting in front of the camera and waving to their families. Oh, yeah. And and the boys themselves are having a blast bringing these people out. <laughs> and it's like, again, people on TV are still stoked to be on TV. But if you were on TV like in 1967, it was st- TV's still kind of a new thing. And to see someone you know on TV or to get to be on television uh, yeah. would be mind-blowing. And it's a brilliant way to end the Christmas show. Like it, it, it just makes you feel good. Makes you just love. Like you see all these people, how happy they are, how happy the monkeys are. It's, it, I just love it. I love that part of the show. And like uh, in the commentaries for the Blu-rays, they're saying it's like the first time they have, like anyone ever brought the crew in front of the camera. Huh? And yeah, uh, that sounds about right. But yeah, I mean, it's a great part. It's, it's a, uh, one thing with the monkeys is they're doing they do great stuff after the episode like with yeah. the interviews or with you know this kind of stuff it's like they did it really well really early on it's true and this is uh because of this the show doesn't end with the, your your favorite four faces sliding around and changing about exactly. it just uh, has the credits overlaid upon it but this is one of a few episodes like this where the first name on the screen is Mickey Dolenz and not Davy Jones Interesting. Hmm. I wonder why. I don't, know. I don't know why. Okay, so overall thoughts. For me, greatest part of this show is like the musical performance and meeting the crew at the end. The rest is good. Like the monkeys are all good. The kid's a bummer, but he has to be a bummer. That's his character to be a bummer. But uh, yes. 
But the uh, and also, well, I guess the the musical moment is Ryu Shiu, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a uh, yeah, great show. Great, everything was great about this episode. I think really, it was fantastic. Great Christmas uh, episode. No, no guns. No was guns. There guns in the toy store. No guns. Is, I, I wrote down. Thankfully, a, no. It feels like a strange question to ask, but not in the monkeys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's like nice to have a. The guns took a break for Christmas, which is nice. Highlight of the show, for the entire show, for me, it's ending with the crew. That whole thing was was fantastic. Yeah, for real. Yeah. 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 Uh, was there a monkey's ruse? Not, no. That, no. Unless you Davy and uh, Mickey being an elf and Santa Claus, being, but that's the closest. <laughs> I think that, I'm pretty sure you saw through that right away. Yeah. <laughs> the only person with a brain. Yes, I have a brain. I don't waste anything on being happy. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth wall break. Uh, yes, when Davy talks about how Peter got onto the set, and then that whole ending with the crew. But that yeah, that was more addressing the camera than being in the yeah, show. For sure. Obviously, best musical moment Ryushiu, because yep. it's like the only musical moment really. Mm-hmm. What wouldn't fly in twenty twenty one? There is a part when they're singing "Deck the Halls." <laughs> the Don Me Now are gay apparel, and they they yeah. do the the hand and the the voice. <laughs> But now it's just like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it seems, seems a little unnecessary. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we're at the Did You Knows section here. We got a. So Ryu Shiu has a printed history that goes back to 1556, but people think that it's much older than that, just like singing wise. Wow. That's something else. Older. So probably the oldest monkeys cover. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I think there was a version of Along Came Jones that was in, uh, in Babylon in uh, 400 BC. No. So Butch Patrick, who played Melvin, he has 63 credits, and he is best known for playing Eddie Munster on the Munsters. Yeah. So this is probably definitely like a warm-up for that. Like when people saw how good he could play a dickhead, they're like, oh, he could probably play a little monster person. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jean Sorrell, who played uh, Aunt Vandersnoot, she uh 14 credits and she stopped acting in 1977. Yeah. And Burt Mustin, who played the butler, he has 198 credits and he also played Kimba in Monkey's Marooned. <laughs> so oh, wow. quite a different role for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wonder how many butlers he played. What are the percentage of his roles? <laughs> yeah, he has a good butler vibe. Or, or a... <laughs> geriatric tarzan vibe as well so you know he's he's very uh got range dude yeah. he's got range he, he, he's the uh daniel day lewis of the mcu <laughs> dances with monkeys yeah <laughs> um so uh again oh personal memory for me i had was again just the, the ryu shiu thing for uh on missing links volume two like playing it incessantly i couldn't get over it Definitely. Like the songs on Missing Links Volume 2 was like, took turns listening. <laughs> Each song took turns to listen to over and over and over again. And then he switched to Valerie for a week. It's just yeah. over and over and over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's never ran all the way through. It was just like hit one song. What is that sound I'm hearing? Thank you. 
I believe it is a special holiday episode of the Random Ad Countdown featuring the Wool Hat of Mystery, which is sitting this one out. But because it's winter, we're going to throw it in. Fair enough. So what we decided to do here, rather than choose some songs from the, the hat, we went to the Monkey's Christmas album, Monkey's Christmas Party. And um, we, we each chose two songs, but I think we're going to have an overlapping song because... Oh, probably. There's, and whatever. We could have like... Whatever. We're going we're gonna to pick four total songs. There you go. Because I got a backup for two. All right. And uh, yes, the Monkey's Christmas Party album... Uh, fun fact about it, it's the only Monkeys album where none of the four Monkeys have songwriting credits. Really? For really. I guess it's, it's still, it's you know, it's, it's a Christmas album, so they do some of like the uh, traditional ones as well. So Right, but it's just wild that for the kind of band the Monkeys are, that they had at least somebody wrote a song on every single album. Oh, I see, yes. That's pretty wild. That is, that is. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. That Yeah, because Nesmith weaseled his way in on that first one. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one who was like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. And smart. <laughs> okay, so and it, just we'll, we'll talk about the Christmas Party album for a little while. This is another album that was like, like not like really, like really, but really like really? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was... Like like um, good times when it comes out, you're like, oh wow, another monkey's realm. That's kind of crazy. And then it's wicked, and you're like, whoa, okay, cool. And then this album comes out, and just as monkeys fans who've been monkeys fans, like say the next like from the '80s on, say other than like Poolit and then Justice and things like that, it wasn't like you were getting a lot of monkey stuff. And when you did, it was a varying quality. But then all of a sudden. Yeah. They're just socking you with wicked stuff and it's just yeah. coming out, coming out, coming out. And you're like, what is going on here? And uh, again, another fun fact is uh, it's the quickest turnaround between Monkey's albums since uh, from Monkey's present to changes. Yeah, I believe that. <clears throat> but it was awesome. And again, what they do is they embrace the look of the 60s Monkey's like they did on, on uh, Good Times. You know what I mean? So we're not seeing, and not that it's bad to see them now or they are now, but like it really emphasizes the monkeys when you see them looking how you remember the monkeys looking, I guess. Yes. And it's fun and it seems kind of a no brainer to do a monkey's Christmas album. And it's kind of weird that it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. And uh, because short, catchy tunes and family friendly stuff, it seems like. I don't know, could have come out at any time, but it's very cool that they kind of, someone finally said, Hey, let's, let's do it. And I think if it came out at any other time, honestly, it wouldn't have been as good as an album as this is. You, you may be right. That's what I feel. But anywho. And like, and like you said, sonically sticks to the old school vibes and like, like unlike some other monkeys albums, there's no, uh, trying to keep it the times, you know, there's no, there's no bass drops. In this uh, monkey's album, let's say, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't mind hearing a Skrillex produced monkey's track, just to hear it. <laughs> then I saw her face. <laughs> I think we're onto something I think here, so man. Too. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so who who wants to go first here with her monkey's pick 
for. Oh, you go ahead, Baco. All you right. go right ahead. Hmm. Okay, wait. While you're thinking, one last note about the Monkees Christmas album, and like when we heard about it, like, oh, so for sure, Rio Shio is going to be on it. Not necessarily, folks. It's like only at a certain department store in America could you get the Ryushu ever order it on whatever. But like for Canadian folk or non-US citizens who aren't around this store, it was like, oh cool. It's like someone handing you this cool monkey's Christmas album, but also giving you a quick tap in the nuts. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Fuck. It was I remember it wasn't even until our podcast when we talked about the the, the the like a long time ago the Christmas album came up and we talked about how Ryu Shiu wasn't on it and people were commenting like what do you mean yeah it is and then that's how we found out that only one place in the states there you got Ryu Shiu and it's like why couldn't it have been just one of the other songs like you kept that <laughs> one off like I'm, there's songs I definitely wouldn't want to switch a because we still have Ryu Shiu on Missing Links but right uh, yeah no it, it's just like that's the one come on now. So. It's just like part of why you want a monkey's Christmas album, just to put that on it. Yeah. It goes back to that monkey's psychedelic record that came out that doesn't have Daily Nightly on it. Oh, here we goddamn go. 100%. Again. You're going to hear it forever, especially because in the upcoming <laughs> episodes, they play Daily Nightly at the end of it. And it's like, how is this not on there? But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I am going to go with one, which I feel we both really love because it's dynamite, is uh-huh. House of Broken Gingerbread. Bro, this this is House of Broken Gingerbread is like the accidental hipster of the album. It's the midnight of the album. The one <laughs> song where you're like, well, let's see how this goes. And you hear this song. And you're like, what is this? Like, it's see, pretty wild, man. For me, I, I got the album for Christmas, right? I got the CD for Christmas. And I, from you, you got me the CD for Christmas. <laughs> and, uh. I don't listen to Christmas music until it's Christmas, right? So I listen to it on that day when it's in the background and stuff. And then, so I didn't listen to it again until the next Christmas. And this song came on and it was like, I heard it for the first time. Like it knocked me out. I can remember where I was. I remember hearing it and just being blown away. And it was, it was the Ryu Shio of the album. Like I played it like 30 times in a row. <laughs> wow. But it is fantastic. of Broken Gingerbread by the Monkees, sung by Mickey Dolenz, written by Michael Chabon, and uh, the late great Adam Schlesinger. He is all over this song. Schlesinger plays bass, guitar, keyboards, Andy's producer, and does backing vocals. Ugh. What a loss. Like, what a loss, Fuck man. Me. But we're celebrating the song he wrote, because it is, gosh darn, amazing. Every time I hear it, I'm more blown away by it. It's like... It, it, but the, the lyrics and the story of it is not fun. Like it, it to me, it's like a broken home, right? It's like a divorced families Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's a couple great things. The the the, the fa la 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 is awesome. Yeah, just the 
This is kind of like that kind of weird foreboding fa-la-las, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the mention of candy cigarettes, I don't know. I always yes. pick that up because that's funny because that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the candy sticks. Popeye candy sticks. Yeah, yeah. I think you can still get. Well, I was telling my wife about them because she doesn't remember candy cigarettes. And I, I'm like, well, yeah, there's like an orange end on it like it was burning. And she's like, are you serious? <laughs> they're just cigarettes. I'm like, yeah. They're- it's, it's for real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, under three minutes, Mickey's voice, phenom. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't say enough about this song. I probably said already too much about it. It won't shut up. But <laughs> but yeah, this is a song, if they were playing a tour, like if on the, the, the Mike and Mickey tour, if they played this in the set, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> like, it could be April 3rd. And I'd just be like <laughs> singing away, loving every second. Because it's such a great song. It blew my mind. Man, oh, man. Uh, all right. So all that being said. We got a new number one. <laughs> <laughs> Door to summer, make way for winter. <laughs> Just for reference, our other, the Christmas song that you honorarily slipped onto the countdown, the, the aforementioned Ryu Shiyu, sits at number 50. Which is quite the uh, delineation point for if there were to be a uh, Podcast Valley Sunday 50. Yeah, definitely. It starts at Ryushiu at the moment. And especially because number 49 is Daydream Believer. Yeah, man. That's that's it, It's hit after hit, even at the at the back end of this thing. <laughs> it is. All right. So, yeah, I don't know. Where, where do you feel like, again, because it's like, quote unquote, a novelty song, I guess you could call it, but... Well, so's gonna buy me a dog. And above or below, gonna buy me a dog. I, I, above, gonna buy me a dog. So above fifty. Above or below, no time, Paco. Uh, so in between, no time, and gonna buy me a dog. I guess. I guess. I I'd probably reach for this before reaching for no time, but because it's a, a Christmas song, we'll 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 put it uh, below no time. Okay. Well. Okay. Above or below, reissue. What do you say we do a one-two punch of uh, Christmas songs and go Ryushiu, A House of Broken Gingerbread at 50-51? That sounds about right. All right. <laughs> this, this might be where all these uh, Yuletide boys end up. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. They'll be like the uh, Dolan's Jones boy's heart. We just put them all together. <laughs> Boom. Blam. So our new number 51 is House of Broken Gingerbread Indeed. by the Monkees. Indeed. All right, your your turn. What are you going with next? It just has to be mentioned that you know sometimes we pick on Davy Jones a little bit for not being a a, a big rock and roll psychedelic guy, but Christmas music, this is the wheelhouse, definitely of Sir David Jones, definitely Melikaliki Maka, definitely. That's my choice because it is just so smooth and easy for him to just take you there man and his just the, the voice no one else sings like davy jones and no one else just has that just joy of music and you add the joy of christmas and it's just you can hear him smiling through the speakers <laughs> all the time yeah he's having a great time you probably i'd see him dancing around too like enjoying every <laughs> second of singing this song <laughs> for sure He's got like a candy cane cane. 
<laughs> it's just Christmasing it up. He's wearing the Jolly Green Giants outfit. <laughs> Mike's old hat. Melikalikimaka is the thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that they send to you from the land where palm trees sway. So yes, Melikalikimaka. Melikalikimaka, sung by David Jones, written by Robert Alexander Anderson, a writer of a great many Hawaiian tunes, but this is probably his most famous, made famous by Bing Crosby, and I'm most familiar with it, like probably a lot of people from uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure this was pulled from a, a David Jones solo Christmas album. Oh, Yeah. A lot of yeah, he's got a lot of so, and also there was uh, like, "Christmas is my time of year," which is the other song that was on the Target uh, Christmas album, which we don't get to hear. Dang it! But but anyway, I just um, I love what Davy Jones does with this and his song on side two. He does uh, Sil- "Silver Bells." Yeah, I just dig it, and it's it's good to hear Davy on this album. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun, and like we like we say too, like you can feel the joy coming through the speakers as he's singing it too so i bet you absolutely i wonder if davy jones he'd probably have a good time in hawaii at christmas just davy jones in it up <laughs> davy jones could have a good time anywhere at any time that is true that's why they say when you're, you need something you're jonesing for it because if davy jones was there you wouldn't need it awesome all right so where do you want to put it here in this uh big old list of ours okay well, this is a lot more Christmas specific, so I don't think it'll go uh, crazy high or crazy low. So just so everybody knows, we are up to 138 songs as wow, of this man. moment. So to give you some perspective. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, let's put it right behind uh, Anytime, Anyplace, Anywhere, our new number 88 will be the David Jones version of a. Uh, well, see, I would go with Snowfall, sung by Mike, which, honestly, when it when you hear it, it sounds like snow falling. And you know what I mean? It's so nice <laughs> yes. and light, and yes. it's there, but it's not, and it's breezy, and it's just a fantastic, cool song. When it comes on, it's always like, ooh, okay. It's like kind of... I feel like the snare drum has the brushes or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do love this song. It's it's cool. Like you said, it's got snowfall vibes and it's like kind of a lesser known tune. And it's just so, I don't know. It just, it's fucking cozy. It's really cool. And then the Mike songs on the album are, are from, they're produced by the Nesmith family, Mike and his boys. They're not in, in the Schlesinger camp at this time. I see. Huh. So yeah, they produced them themselves and sent them in, obviously. It, yeah. It still all fits together. Snowfall. Written and sent by wait, is this Mike right this one too? No. Yeah. Claude and Ruth Thornhill wrote it. And it's funny. It says, all instruments and keyboards, Jonathan Nesmith. And that's it. He, he does everything. 
That's pretty cool. And uh, it's got that cowboy vibe. Definitely. Definitely. Which is important to have a touch of country, just on damn near every monkey's album. Yeah. <laughs> From Papa Jean Blues on out. Yep. You can't get, you can't get through a side of monkeys without a, a hint of country. Yeah. Not not a, not enough to make you be like, Gulak, but uh, <laughs> just a perfect amount. <laughs> almost always. <laughs> almost. Almost. <laughs> I was thinking for Snowfall to kind of almost stick with the country vibe and even think about it at number 79, right after If I Ever Get to Saginaw Again and right before Diddy Diego. Good spot, Paco. Yeah, that's a that's a good call. Thank you. During my research, once you mentioned who, once you mentioned who wrote Snowfall, I looked them up and it, it mentions on his Wikipedia page there have been 39 cover versions of Snowfall, including the monkeys. Wow. That's almost a, a standard now when it gets to like almost 40. It's a, it's a 1941 composition. I figured it was probably a, an oldie but a goodie. You got that right. All right, Jeff. Okay. So, like, <laughs> so like you said, there is a lot of tunes on this record worthy of at least talking about and um, I got to say, I was like uh, weirdly surprised by the inclusion of a wonderful Christmas time. One of my least favorite songs in the galaxy. And, and, <laughs> and I'm a Paul guy. So like, uh, I just, just, everything sounds a little off. And the, the choir of children who sing the song have practiced all year long, but all they say is ding dong and ooh. Uh, <laughs> Not my jam. <laughs> See, I've got to say, Mick- I love that song. I don't know why, but it's one of those songs when it comes on, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, but and you're a John guy. Everyone, true, true. But it's funny because everyone hates it, but I'm always like, yeah, man. But anyway. Hard pass. But I will, I got to say, like, okay, Unwrap Your Christmas is just scandalous. Uh, what would Santa do? The Rivers Cuomo tune on this? That that song is the one I, I was really torn because I thought it would get on here somehow because it it's a great it song. It was a tough one because it's pretty neat that it, <laughs> Rivers, as long as these monkeys um, keep coming out, he's going to keep putting a tune on there, I guess. And I'm fine with it. They're catchy, catchy, catchy. But I do, I got to say, uh, Christmas Party. There's a title track on this record called Christmas Party. Have you listened to this recently? Yes. Yes. You recognize what's going on at the very start? No. Hold on. I'll put it on. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. He plays football. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is or this guy here. That's the end of the Christmas part the Christmas show episode. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that Davey introducing, the, bringing the people out. You know, I don't know who this guy is. Oh, yeah. fantastic. So they bottled a little piece of that episode, stuck it in the Christmas record. Brilliant. And like the highlight of that show as well. And it's another another bit of Davey yep. in, on the record. Yeah, true, true. And the tune itself is like cool Christmas vibes, a little, little modern, but still like, uh, put it on for a second. Yeah, yep, let's do it. Let's listen. Now you've heard what some people say. Wish every day could be Christmas Day. I don't know, that might be too much. One Christmas party a year is enough. Christmas party. 
sung by Mickey Dolenz, co-written by Peter Buck from R.E.M. And noted R.E.M. sideman, Scott McCahey, who was like a, a Pat Smear type role in the in R.E.M. Nice. But yeah, definitely R.E.M. vibes all over this thing. And I think it's it's pretty much a fact. Anyone who looks into R.E.M. knows that R.E.M. is, is Big Monkey's fans. Yeah, you can tell. I wonder who the dummy was in R.E.M. <laughs> I read in like a, a book about U2. U2 would occasionally check into hotels as the monkeys. Like Bono would be Davy Jones. Really? And like, but then people become looking for the monkeys. <laughs> like once word got out that, that Michael Nesmith and Peter Tork were at the hotel or whatever, like people would come looking for the monkeys who were like, you know. <laughs> That's funny. But yes, this song, it's got the little snippet of the show at the start. Which is great. Which no monkeys record does. No. Yeah, no, there's no show monkeys record, uh, no music show overlap until right there. <sighs> well, aside from this this show to music. Yeah. Yeah, this, this obviously the music kind of yeah. gets on yeah. the show a little bit I, here and there. I don't know how but, many people didn't think Mike Nesmith and Mike Nesmith were the same person. <laughs> <laughs> You never see him at the same place together. No, you never do. <laughs> All right, so where do you think it should go in on this uh, this list of ours? Well, let's see. I mean, it is pretty cool. It is, like I said, it's modern, but also modern retro. Like, I don't know, just the cleanness of the sound, but also like the the types of sound they use are also very psychedelic and cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I can't. I can't put it above Rosemary. No, <laughs> that would be crazy. Paco drawing a line yeah. between good times and mommy and daddy. Oh, there you go. Your new number seventy-one is "Christmas Party" title track from the Christmas Party. Our favorite monkeys Christmas album there is. <laughs> and I feel one needs to be said, and I don't know if it would be said. I think it might be a slip through the cracks a little bit, but it is Angels We Have Heard on High, sung by Mr. Peter Tork, with his contribution to the album. Shepherds by this jubilee, by your joyous strains prolonged. Do you not like this song so much? Um... It makes me feel the way I felt when Brian Wilson came to the casino and they had to lead him on stage and sit him behind the piano and his his hands were down by his sides the whole time. And everyone else is doing all the music playing and most of the singing. And once in a while he'd say, you know, put that head on my shoulder. Like he's there, he's listening, he's sort of paying attention, but it's... Is propped up. I can definitely understand where you're coming from because first time I heard this song, that's what I thought it was like, whoa, yeah. Peter's voice is just Peter in general has uh, taken a hit here. And, uh, and you can hear it. it up on the banj. It, but, uh, and that's the thing. That's the, uh, it was when I listened to this album this Christmas and we were talking about picking these songs, this song came on like, oh yeah, this song, whatever. But it starts off. So just like him with a banjo singing, it's like, oh, it's going to be a nice little quiet song. But then it keeps picking up and picking up. And by the end of it, it's like a fun tune sung by Peter. And even though he doesn't sound like he did, it's just good that he's there. And 
would sing now and not be like, no, I can't because I don't sound like that. And he yeah. comes out and he's well, a part of it. There's definite value in that. I'm glad he's there. Yeah. But it just makes makes me a little sad. I can understand. I can understand that. But because of uh, when I listened to it recently and it, the the picking up the band comes through and it gets, it gets lifted out of what it starts as is why I chose it to be on this. The monkeys are good at that in a lot of their songs. Yeah. <laughs> as we've learned, we're listening to it for this very project. It's like, uh, at first, we're like, well, this is a piece of shit. But then the <laughs> chorus comes around and every, the voices come up and it's like, oh. And like the harmonies. Yeah. These dudes like, lived in each other's pockets for like four or five years and uh, they just sing together so good. Yeah. So effortlessly. We saw it in the episode. You hear it on damn near every album. Yeah. Any Monkees fans who listen to, if you're a casual fan, or you're not getting into the, the CDs and you think buying a Monkees Christmas record is a weird move, the, the tunes are great. Go get it. Yeah, definitely. As far as like, and it's Christmas music anyway too, so it's already got a, a bit of a, a stigma attached to it, but then it blows it out of the water with some awesome tunes. So, hey. Yeah, for real. It's like a no-brainer. Like, it's probably what McCarty figured out. Like, hey, how can I get people to... How can my song get on the radio like a billion times every single year? Yeah, exactly. Come up with a Christmas song. Boom, done. So everyone, we hope you had a, a merry little episode with us. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too little. No, this is a, this is a big episode. It's a, our, our extra long Christmas episode. We hope you all dug it. I had a great time. How about you, Paco? Great times. Great times in the holiday season. I hope everybody has a great holiday season, no matter when you're listening to this. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, Jeff, I hope you had a... It, we're kind of not wrapping up the year yet, but we're coming close to wrapping up the year. So one of these days we'll have a, a face-to-face podcast recording. <laughs> it's been a long time. It has. Haven't had it in-person podcast valley sunday since uh, episode 24 so it's wild wow almost we've almost had more apart than we've had together heartbreaking it is it is <laughs> but anyway thanks for checking us out stay fun stay radical from me paco and me jeff have yourselves a monkey's little christmas thank you bye-bye